Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let me tell you, my friend, it's the 77th edition of the Squareball Podcast. I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. Uh, we are in the throes of finishing issue nine of the Squareball, of ten. It's going to print this week. You can look out for that on sale at the ground against Blackpool at the weekend. Um, and also via the squareball.net. White watching. I mean, is there any point in doing this bit anymore? Uh, football. There was a win. Yes. Let's talk about the win. What a magnificent... Yeah, you can tell it's been a while since Magnificent win, it we was. put that Millwall right back in their box. I presume this game's available on uh, DVD from the club shop. I've been it, replaying it in my head since. It's just um, on a loop of the opening goal for 90 minutes, because that was the, the long throw, Smith's head, goal, bellissimo. Connor Wickham really starting to establish himself in the lead side at this point with that long throw. It's nice that we've taken a, a promising young Premier League footballer and turned him into Rory Dillap within about three games. Play on the, get on the left wing, just fucking wang it in the box. But I'm quite good at holding the ball up in the middle and I could bring others into play. And No, stand out wide. At least then you're near the touchline for when you need to chuck it a long way. <laughs> You've got to remember, football is a team sport and there is no point in having Conor Wickham holding the ball up in the middle of the pitch and passing it to, for example, Noel Hunt. What's the point? He may as well just throw it at Matt Smith's head because that's the only tactic we've really got. Is either kick it at Matt Smith's head, Matt Smith's head, or throw it at Matt Smith's head? And and to be fair, he can do both. Well, listen, you can only throw it from the touchline as well. You know, you can't just pick it up in the middle of the park and wang it at Matt Smith as much as we might want to. I think we've been we've had Butland working on it, trying to get some extra distance. Now, to be fair, speaking of footballers, we've ruined. We're well on the way to. I told you, I told you we'd ruin him, didn't I? Scotland. Yes. Yes. He's. I think in this game, how many games in was this for Wickham? About four, something like mm. that. You could tell he was annoyed. He was. He was playing all right still. Who are? You could, who are these? Wankers? You could tell he. You could tell he was wanting to to disappear. Even though he was not even getting a game at Sunderland, 
You could tell he was thinking, I'd rather go in the reserves. I think in this, Brian he went for the method of just putting players on the pitch who were quite good and letting them sort out their own formation. Because you either play really Wickham or Smith, but Smith keeps scoring, or did, and Wickham's was obviously better than most of the team, and McCormack has got to play. So he just sort of went, yeah, just play as a sort of three, four, drop into midfield, create a five sometimes. Well, just goes to show you give Tom Lees a free roll and he pops up with an assist. Given the licence, moves into <laughs> midfield, took the responsibility on the wing. Very much the modern day Leesenbauer. Yeah, played the ball down the line for McCormack to run onto. He had the vision, saw the space. McCormack had an easy job with the finish, just tapped it in after Tom, Tom Lees had done all the hard work. It's total football. And you can put that down to Brian McDermott's visionary tactics of just letting them do what they want. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we would kill for a win right now, but we got one against Millwall. Wasn't it truly bloody awful? It's rare you leave a win feeling upset. <laughs> DJ Campbell's goal was good. <laughs> hasn't, he, hasn't he played against us for about eight teams? <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's on the bench every week coming on against us. Maybe he's got some he's sort of... He's got a spread bet on. Yeah. It's an accumulator that he scores, <laughs> scores against Leeds he in every game. Pot, though, he? Yeah. yeah. They've <laughs> sacked Ronnie Moore from Tranmere about this today. He's gone, officially lost his job for betting-related reasons. Mm. What, what will, had he actually done? Um, betting. betting. Yeah. <laughs> he bet on loads of stuff. He gambled and they had to sell Ian Moore. <laughs> and that was like the last straw. Ian Thomas Not Moore, very sorry. high stakes then. Is yeah. Ian Moore still... Even, where is Ian Moore there? Is he still there? The Ian Moore we knew died. <laughs> <laughs> when Thomas he married Moore's. that woman. What, <laughs> <laughs> what we wouldn't give... You don't give. go out with his mates anymore. He's got to stay at home. With his name. Ronnie's disowned him. <laughs> Sent him into a spiral of gambling and depression. Given our results, can we implicate McDermott in this gambling? <laughs> because some of these team selections don't stack up for any other reason. Well, we, they do. They do. Picked from Bahrain. That's very true. Yes. Yeah. Or not allowed to be picked from Bahrain. Um, on to the next uh, next game. How, mm, how, no. we are, <laughs> how we scoffed in the last podcast. At <laughs> Bournemouth, I didn't. I was being serious. Yes, but Bournemouth <laughs> cantering into a 4-0 lead. And lo and behold, then we did start playing and we pulled one back. They didn't canter, How's that they galloped. Thing going on with the long throws? Yeah. It was um, the opportunity for Hunt to start. Now Wickham had gone. Went well? No, it didn't go well. Anything positive we can possibly say about this? Credit to the... Uh, 1,400 Leeds fans who went to Bournemouth on a Tuesday. Credit to... Which was a sellout, by the way. That's not... We could have... It was a poor allocation. We, we would probably have taken more than that. And I'm not sure they want that many Leeds fans back in Bournemouth ever no. again, but... That's why they deliberately keep a small stadium, just in case they have to play <laughs> us. Maybe they have... Do you think they've actually got a massive stadium down the road? For everybody just, else. Yeah, they don't tell us about. <laughs> and credit to uh, Ross McCormack, who did the thing that... I always think players should do when you're 4-0 down and you get a goal back in those circumstances and the away fans are doing what the Leeds fans were doing, is instead of just putting your head down and walking slowly back to the uh, centre circle if it didn't matter, but actually turning to the fans and going, you know what, that was for you lot, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember when Anthony Elding did that when we, were, when we were losing at home and he was celebrating in front of the cop? Like his, uh, his stock pass. Yeah, yeah, like he just grabbed the goal that had won as the Champions League. You think he, he was just happy to have scored a goal, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure Anthony Elding was like, there, that's an, another goal in this season as I drag this club single-handedly through the mud. You and me, fans, 
we'll build a club together. Is there something about the shitness of our current team that we've suddenly started mythologising? Oh, God, you remember Ian Moore? And when he came back as Ian Thomas Moore, and God, Anthony Elding. What wouldn't give for Anthony Elding now? We had, we had a chance to do it in this very game. Ian Hart playing for them. <laughs> do you remember Ian Hart? What, wasn't he good at left-back? What we wouldn't no, give for Ian so Hart at left-back now? <laughs> Warnock is a little bit similar in terms of pace. But slower. I would say Warnock's worse in every respect than Ian Hart and has been throughout his career. Even when Ian Hart was in Segunda Liga with Levante and Stephen Warnock was going to the World Cup, Warnock was still worse. Okay. And Pew is just as bad. Pewnock. It's like they've merged. I don't even know. We can. I mean, Warnock didn't even play at Bournemouth, but he might as well have done because really Pew any played exactly it? the same as Warnock would have done. And then so... One of our generic left-footed... Pew spends marginally less time huffing and puffing on the halfway line, having attempted to run. Because he doesn't bother running. <laughs> and if he does, it's in <laughs> the wrong direction. If you read the last Square Boy, you'll seen I spoke to a, a guy who used to effectively run Prozone um, throughout the 2000s. One thing he said that was interesting that occurred to me was that they, their analysis said that the biggest difference between a Premier League team and a Championship team was the quality of the left-back. And he was telling this in the context of a story where he was trying to tell Paul Jewell to sell Leighton Baines. And Paul Jewell said, no, no, we'll play a different way in the Premier League and we'll be a better player. But he said in, in practically every single measurable, your championship left-back will always be worse than a Premier League left-back. And that's the biggest difference. I don't know if they've got the computational technology to deal with Pew and Warnock, both at the same club together. <laughs> it may skew the science too much. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. Stephen Craney, your ass. Well, th there are always blips. We can talk about a trend <laughs> rather than a... a, a please don't associate Stephen Craney with my ass anymore. Um, on to the Doncaster match. I mean, well, you, you're starting to wonder how, how low the depths are that we can possibly plumb, but uh, Doncaster was shit, we were shitter. This was the game where, if you think Wickham was getting annoyed, Butland, I think at this point, uh, he finally kissed his World Cup dream goodbye. First goal, nobody closing down on a corner. Wickham, um, Butland, sorry, ended up just yelling at the empty space where somebody should have been marking Cottrell and then realised... We've, we've sent him quite mad. Realised that was a bit futile and then just started, then he started yelling at Stuart who always looks on the verge of tears anyway and just sort of started, you know, why are you shouting at me? Like Danny Pugh's there. So he started chatting at Pew. And then just everybody, like a, a sweeping motion from left to right across the pitch. Second goal, um, he was just mad at the world, I think. And then, uh, yeah, half-time, the ball was just lying in front of him on the pitch as he trudged off and he just booted it at the south stand. Didn't throw his gloves away because I assume they'll be sponsored and probably be quite nice. But um, everything else, um, he seems to be falling apart. Aidan White, back on the scene. Well, that gave Butland renewed hope. <laughs> Because he, he saw Tongue and White were uh, going to be coming on in the second half. And he said, uh, you know what, boss, I believe. I believe we can win this. We've just spoken about this loads of times before, but it's the sort of half-life of shit players, how when the, the shitness kind of disappears slightly as they go out of the team, they all of a sudden begin to seem like the answer, come into the team and play all right, and then the next week, <laughs> they're shit again. And people say, oh, Michael Brown. Michael Brown's not played for a while, he should be in the team. Then Michael Brown's, Michael Brown's comes into the team. Oh, Michael Brown's shit. What about Murphy? <laughs> Murphy was good. 
Put Murphy in the team. He was expensive. So he was expensive, and as well. so it goes. Yeah, Murphy and Tongue are the prime example because that forty-five minutes from Tongue was like he can pass. He does everything that Murphy hasn't done. So we've kept him in the side, and then and then it was after yeah. the Watford game. It's like, what the hell is Murphy doing on the bench? Why is Tong in this team? <laughs> we're just we're just fucking laughably awful. Aren't we? And it's the same with Pugh and Warnock all season. It's just like, what the hell's Danny Pugh got three games for? Get Warnock in the team. You know, in the last in the last podcast, we talked about Warnock being like a bad birthday party. That we're just our whole squad is like a is like a town of bad pubs, and you're going around them because you can't bear to stand stand in one for more than a drink. Like, no, we've been in this one. <laughs> Let's go yeah. back. The first place was loads better. And you go back there. Oh no, someone's been stabbed in here now. <laughs> Let's go back to the second place. Oh no, oh this, this yeah. police seems to have turned up there. It was a bit early when we were in there earlier on. There might be a, a better crowd in there now. Oh no, no, <laughs> it's got worse. Can we set fire to them? <laughs> do an insurance job. <laughs> Not worth anything. Can we do it for enjoyment then? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to really distinguish one match from the next because they're all just. All bollocks, really, aren't they? Leeds nil, Charlton won, and a man who scored the goal, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, because I'll only offend somebody. <laughs> but he's a good scorer of Scrabble. This was the game, we, I mean, Doncaster, Doncaster was shit, we were shitter. The Charlton one was the one where it really got to me how bad Charlton were. I'm used to Leeds now being terrible, but watching Charlton... Um, just passing the ball out straight for throw-ins <laughs> and just like Peltier style yeah being unable to control a simple pass not getting a shot on target not being able to get out of their own half they were basically doing all the stuff that we do and having two teams doing that was <laughs> just I couldn't cope it was I, I began to think fondly back to the Reading game where they just like waltz through us like Brazil 70 and all he could do is kind of go well there's some terrific wing play going on from these lads and look they're strong they're pacey they're fast they've passed the ball amazing Charlton I was more annoyed that they turned up and were as shit as we were so there was just nothing of any interest to watch whatsoever and I was stone cold sober which I've managed to I think every other game I've at least managed to have some sort of alcohol beforehand this one Nothing. But this and game, I, I was at home for this game um, because my two nine-month-old children were ill. So I was puked on quite severely on two occasions during this game. And then oh, went so you, to, did, you got out. And then you went didn't to, stay home with the kids. You went, <laughs> you went, and then to, went, see went to an emergency doctor with them. Um, and I think it was probably still more pleasant than being at Ellen Road. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyone would think McCormack would score that goal? That penalty? No. No, no. Not, not, uh, not once. No. No. I was struck by this. There was, uh, there was um, a video of it posted on Twitter. It was just showing that it was taken from the cop, and everyone was just stood still waiting for him to take it. There was no anticipation whatsoever. Yeah. And when he missed, everyone just kind of went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> You would miss. Last, ah. last minute. Let's get Carlin. Even if he'd scored, I think it would have just been the draw then. <laughs> yeah. The only hope was that he wasn't going to take the kind of penalty he always takes and misses, but he seems to just think he's going to score that, that way one day. Talking um, of their scorer, actually. The only way I can think to relate this is you were talking about being sober. Imagine being, I don't know, imagine 20 pints down mm. and this is how you talk. I did actually make a desperate attempt to get drunk. A desperate attempt to, You're done. to drink. I tried at half time. I tried to at least drink something. But... um. I went to buy a pint of John Smith's 
and they started pouring it and said, we'll have to give you a pint and a half because our gas is turned up quite high. And I didn't really understand what that meant and neither did the guy next to me. And then they ended up giving me two pints of John Smith. It said, gas is quite high, so you've got two. Neither of which be all right. <laughs> well, that was it. The, I think the intention was I should put them together myself later <laughs> to make one drinkable pint. <laughs> Um, I started trying to drink one and Self- got about halfway through. Self-assembly. And, <laughs> and they, they were undrinkable. So Leeds nil, Charlton won. We haven't paid the bill. They're probably bulking out with fairy liquid or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a terrible crowd. Is, is it the worst of the season? We were missing one, you, certainly. One, seven, three, four. Th- I think I was probably counted. I think the count season ticket holders don't turn up. Mm. It was um, pretty dreary. One, seven, three, four, three. That's about as bad as it. You can't imagine. That's the problem with... with our games at the moment you can't imagine that in between that anyone who went to Leeds 1 Doncaster 2 will have gone do you know what oh I'd love to do that again on Tuesday <laughs> but in a colder environment yeah after work yeah. that'd be perfect That's rather than going home putting my feet up I think it was the Manchester Derby that night as well you know you could stay at home watch some actual entertainment oh no it was um... or was it something else I, had, I remember having some football on. Champions League. It was, League. It was Scum oh, versus Champions Munich. League. That was it, yeah. Yeah, so there was a whole world of Champions League matches available to watch, and people brought the children to see this. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, oh, well, I've actually been amazed by, I mean, the attendances against Millwall and Doncaster, both above 23,000, and in the Warnock era when we, I think, can we say now that we weren't this bad? We weren't getting that. We weren't getting above 20,000, so... I don't know if it's Echoes an of the, accounting was it Bates, thing. Bates 2007 Wise era. That was uh, when he hiked the prices and gave us Trezor Candle in return. And he nobody gives Trezor Candle for free. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Heath. Matt Heath was in with for free. Paul Huntington could sort our defence out. <laughs> Wigan and we lost to Waghorn. Waghorn. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think that's remotely interesting to say about this game. We were all right in this game. Well, we weren't all right. We were... Less shit. Less shit. They, we we did, they, didn't, they didn't have loads of chances, is all I can say. It was Butland's fault. He should uh, have saved that. Butland and Brown. I was... I mean, whatever I was playing Brown. Oh, well, it was his fault. <laughs> um, well, what's, everyone always says we need to bring Brown in get some bite in midfield and protect the back four so where did the goal come from right in front of the back four where you'd expect Brown to be Brown wasn't there because he was too busy man marking the referee man marking the referee (laughs) and he had this running bitch fest going on with Gomez who obviously is twice the player Brown ever was so naturally he's gone out on the pitch and and I imagine McDermott's instructions were I'm going to turn this off you know (laughs) (laughs) I imagine McDermott's instructions were don't let them play, uh, make it really difficult for their midfield, we need to stamp our authority on this compact, match. Compact, compact. Yeah, and instead of doing that, he decides he doesn't like the look of this Spanish geezer and spends all game just pushing him over for no reason and telling him to get up. There was one in the first half where he, he's running past the player, both off the ball, forearm across the head, knocks him over and before he's even on the floor he's turned around he's pointing at the referee going, he should get up, he should get up. Yeah, I just punched him, but he should get up. He's that wanker in Magaloff starting fights with the waiters, isn't he? Yes, and funnily enough he owns property in Spain. Who were the other... To be fair um, though, Gomez does look like the sort of waiter who might try and touch your girlfriend, so I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Who were the other um, craps first players of the mid-2000s that he sort of associated with? Stefan Freund. 
Michael, oh, yeah. Michael Tong was he yeah. one of them I just searched for Michael Brown Spain on the old internet and the first result is Michael Brown brackets fraudster um, <laughs> correct he's claiming to be a footballer we won't have to endure him for very much longer will we we'll, he'll have some sort of contract you say that clause that he'll trigger we're never going to get rid of him <laughs> well if anyone's going to get rid of him uh, nine yellow cards and it triggers it can be dealt with, uh, a year's extension it can be dealt with it can be treated but he can't be cured <laughs> He's like herpes. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can you can deal with the the sort of side effects of it, but you're never gonna get, you're never gonna get rid of the underlying problem. Michael Herpes Brown. If anybody's gonna get rid of him, it's gonna be Massimo seventeen hating Chilino. Take him out on his yacht if he can get it back. Yeah, uh, it is worth pointing out. On, on a serious note, it was nice to see uh, the Wigan fans joining in with the applause for uh, for Chris and Kevin on the anniversary. Yeah. So yeah, capped off. They even put. Uh, it was the whole um, ground, in fact, and they put a little clapping hand animation to make sure everyone knew what was going on. So, and it was actually covered this time as well, because when it was um, happened at Yeovil, Sky just didn't really mention it. Or... Cut away to an advert or something. Yeah. yeah, well done this time. So the icing on the very shittest of shit cakes happened on Tuesday. This is last night as we are recording uh, the Watford game, three to zip, eighteen hundred Hardy Leeds fans. Uh, apparently Waghorn scored on 33 minutes for, for, for That may have been uh, an oversight on the prep sheet He gets about a bit, lad Again, he's like fucking JD Campbell That's JD Sports, you know what I mean That other one Yeah, anyway, some other people scored Including Deeney, that man with the big puppet head Everybody scored I mean, Jason Pierce has been great Tom Lees um, I think of him as more of a lover than a friend but what the hell? Just one of you. I'll tell you what. Tackle a player. Adam Pope was livid. He was. He was livid about this. And it was quite interesting who he was angry with as well. The players. Yeah. The worst ever. He said. Yeah. Listening to the aftermath on Radio Leeds, they had Catherine Hannah reading out tweets from everybody saying McDermott's got to go. He's got to sack McDermott. Get McDermott out. And um, the fan commentator saying the same. Said but Brian's got to go for this. We can't have Brian. Surely, you know, we can't have any more of this. And then Adam Pope, like a superhero, descended with his pants outside of his Brian McDermott t shirt <laughs> and said, uh, Yo, fools, <laughs> stop all this nonsense. It's the player's fault, man. Made the point, which I happen to agree with, that um, Brian McDermott is not telling them to go out and play like a bunch of gutless wankers. And that if it's like, Oh, he's got to motivate them. How much motivation should they really need at this point when we've got the new president is in the stand, we've got 2,000 Leeds fans have gone all the way to a half-built stadium that's been half-built since 1872 and they've been shit for months and getting booed off after every single game and getting all the abuse on social media and hopefully in their local shops and pubs um, that you can possibly think of and, well... Brian's got to get them up for it, really. Can I, can I take you back about a year? Yes. <laughs> was I blaming Warnock? For you the were, same yeah. Thing? <laughs> it was everything was Warnock's fault. Well, you could you could say the same things. We set we were saying then they're sent out with no game plan. They're not, and you were blaming Warnock then. I know Brian's a ni- I know Brian's a nicer man, and so I'm less inclined to blame him as well. But he has to take some of the blame. He does he? have Surely. to take some of the blame. Warnock takes more blame and was more to blame because Warnock was spending four days a week in Cornwall. Whereas Brian McDermott is on the training pitch 
all week and has actually what's bothered he doing to, with to leave. <laughs> well, well, that's that's it, and I can't just, imagine what he's doing that would be making them this bad. That's does he why keep I, forgetting the balls. He's <laughs> just running. I was trying to fathom it out and just looking around at who we have. What's wrong with us at the club? Well, if you think who is there at Thorpe Arch every day, Brown, there's Norris. You're blaming Warnock again here, yeah. for in a roundabout way. <laughs> um, <laughs> no Becchio. There's Paddy no Be- Kenny. Well, Becchio's not there. If you look at that era... A.D. White, he's just come back from Sheffield United, head full of silly nonsense, eh? All the players that we've had who were any good and who had anything and who won games all got sold and we replaced them with other players who have turned out to be a bunch of losers and it seems to be in their DNA that they are losers and they don't give a fuck. Are you trying to tell me that Michael Brown cares? He doesn't care. I don't even know if David Norris is still alive, but he presumably he goes to work. And it's not just the um, the Warnock players. It's the um, the players that McDermott has come in who've been sucked into whatever this vortex is and however long it's been there. I said the last days of Grayson is where it, it began. When we began, because he brought Brown in, when we swapped uh, the likes of... Snodgrass were leaving and the likes of Brown were arriving. And yeah, Brown seen... arrived in our first season back in the Championship. Yeah, and pretty soon Snodgrass was gone. Well, yeah. then you can say we um, Gradle was the exchange. It's been a gradual erosion of anybody that was any good has gone. McDermott's job was to try and turn that culture around and that's what he's to blame for, is not managing to stop the slide that was started once Bates started to sell all the good players and they started getting replaced do you think with that, shit. Is this like the cumulative effect of that, do you think? I think so. I think someone like Murphy, who started the season well, was captain at Crew Alexandra, ended last season scoring a winning goal at Wembley, 23 years old. He's obviously used to responsibility. Promotion-winning captain with a League One club. Nothing wrong with that. Comes to Leeds and who are his role models? Norris, Brown, Tong, Rudy Austin. There's nobody really to sort of help him Hun- who did he have at crew I think I think you, you're giving the well he's fine in league one but to get, go up a level you need to come into a, a, a bigger club and a different culture and have somebody say this is what um, Wilkinson said you have to have a, a culture at the club where everybody um, knows what you do if you're at that club this is how you behave and this is how you do things and how things get done and that doesn't exist well if it does exist at Leeds how you do things and how you get done is you just toss it off, play a couple of games, you shit. And it's been like that since before Warnock arrived. And and the, the sorry sorry to jump in on you. I was going to say what, what we're saying there about it being a, a thing that's built up over time. And we've got such high proportion of the squad that's now shit and on its way out. And they know they're on the way out. Yeah. And it's impossible to motivate them or get them to do what they're supposed to be doing. Just look at Varney when he was on his way out, like practically skipping to Blackburn first interview. Thank God I'm out of all that. Um, and now the Blackburn fans want to send him back. I think they were tweeting last <laughs> night saying, uh, now you guys are minted, can you take Varney back? <laughs> um, a joke's a joke. And yes, yeah, so if that's kind of, if those are the players, they're the senior players. Pew is another one who, you know, you've got Premier League experience. He's in his 30s. He's supposed to be the guy that you would look up to at the club to, to put the, the marker down and say, this is how we behave at this football club. And he's a fucking dickhead to all outwards appearances on the pitch and it's um, McDermott's job to sort that out and I think that's one of the reasons why Noel Hunt came to the club 
Noel Hunt's just been a pathetic failure. So those things kind of Listen, uh, hold again. They've, they've, held they've, they've taken us, they've taken us to sixteenth position now. We're stuck on forty-seven points. Uh, Millwall have got thirty-nine. There are five games left. And as a final coda to that, look what we were just saying about what we did to Wickham and what we're currently still doing to Butland. We just do it to them. So there is something wrong there that's bigger than just McDermott's head. That probably goes back to Grayson as well, though. The central defenders we brought in on loan seem to do quite well with Sinem and then yeah. killed them. Something happens that's, I think, bigger than just the manager. And I would I'd think the... Um, Manager's been here for one season and we've got a load of players who've been here for two, three, four. So he's failed for one season and these guys have failed multiple seasons. So I've got a list of people I want to sack before I sack to McDermott and I might sack him as well. The news. Before we get on to the, uh, the obvious topic, let's wrap up players in and out because there have been a few. Connor Wickham, as we mentioned in the first bit, uh, he's returned to Sunderland. Played at Anfield the day... Where? Where is this mythical place you talk of? Up front, I think, rather than the wing. Yeah. Don't know, don't know which is... Did they win that game? No, they didn't. <laughs> Just goes to show. Do you know where he needs to play? Quarterback. Yeah. Well, get those long throws going on. And uh, Ari Eby has uh, gone on loan to Tranmere now, hasn't he? Which Ari Eby? I forget his first name now. Gaboli. Gaboli. I need to check, actually, if... Uh... Oh, Ian Thomas Moore has retired, um, so they're not playing together. His wife made him retire. <laughs> yes, that's a shame. Um, but not for Aribi. I just mean in the sense that he may struggle to find a, a head to put ping his crosses on. We should check how he's doing, actually. I'm picturing unused substitute. Or coming on 84th minute. Yeah, it doesn't appear to have played. Anyway, so he's gone to um, Tramir. Managerless Tramir. Oh. Just <laughs> sit on the bench. Give him more time to read the Racing Post. <laughs> Speaking of another managerless club, Peltier to Forest. He's loving it there. Yeah. They're, and um, they're loving him. I copied a tweet in, but I copied it into the Nottingham Forest preview, so I'll find it now because it's relevant. Somebody tweeted him called Higo John saying, Absolutely outstanding tonight, Pelts. Breath of fresh air. And what? Pelts. Didn't only retweet it, but he then quoted it and said thanks as well. Oh. You um, get some sad sacks on Twitter, though, don't you? Don't listen to him. You play really well. You're my favourite player. <laughs> Retweeted. Don't listen to him. Pelts you a shit. Who's worse on your Twitter scale? The people telling Lee Peltier that he's great or the people yelling at Courtney St. John because Ross McCormack <laughs> can't take a penalty? Where do we put them on the, the ranking scale? Because <laughs> it was her fault. Yeah, I think it's wrong abusing people's wives. Just like we would never do such a thing. You know, we we don't condone any. No, sort no, of, no, no. When we were talking about Mrs. Jason Pierce, we and didn't Mrs. think Thomas Moore. we didn't think they were married. Um, and now that we know that they are, maximum respect. We're not, we were not anti Mrs. Pierce. We were just pro the family unit. I am not saying anything about the lovely Victoria Thomas because if she can have that kind of influence on uh, the man that used to be Ian Moore, <laughs> I'm terrified of what she's going to do to Michael. He's just busy traipsing around garden centres and stuff. <laughs> oh, dear. Peltier obviously thought he was teeing up with bloody wanker, didn't he, at Forest? And he was toing and froing. He ended up at Bolton for a bit, then not, and then back at Forest. Don't believe everything you read, he said on Twitter. Well, Walnut wrote about it. <laughs> um, and wrote about what happened and said he fancied the, uh, fancied the Forest job. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you know uh, 
I went and had, I went and had lunch, <laughs> spoke to the chairman, lovely fella. And basically his, his point was that he picked a team. Warnock did that typical thing of going to Forest, not take, not even taking a training session yet, but just looking around and seeing, uh, you know, oh, Jamie Mackey's there, he's always been a good lad. He's uh, he's always done well for me. I've always Mackie. wanted to sign him. Always to, oh no, add him at QPR. Oh, add him at QPR. That's when Sue were at Juf. Yeah. Him, yeah. Juf, Jufy though, he didn't mean it. And him and, him and Jamie, they get on there. They get on very well now. They're all right. So, uh, so he was there. So he was going to be in the team then. Little Andy, Andy Reid's always been a lovely player. So I was going to put him in defence. Little? Uh, I know he's had his issues over there, but you know, if you ever go out for a meal with him, it's great because uh, top form. He, oh, he could he could put away a cow. That guy. Uh, what's not left, he lets you uh, he lets you have for nothing, which is very generous of him, I find. And uh, you know, and I was going to get pelts in there because uh, they've got that Lehigh. But I don't really trust an American in a in in my Who team. Who sounds Chinese? You know, you can't. Uh... <laughs> So he had all this, and then the um, chairman had the temerity to suggest that he um, actually look to see which players are playing well. And the chairman had some pet that he'd signed who hadn't been played by Billy Davies, and he wanted him in the team, so Warnock decided it wasn't for him, and then apparently this kid played. Did they win? No, didn't win, did they? So, just goes to show. Abdoon, I think, is the one he didn't like. Now, moving on, Who, whose ridiculous idea was this? Um, are they charging money for it? God, I hope not. God, I hope not. This is a, a sleepover. Oh. Well, that's all right, you know, getting get some mates round, get your pyjamas on. children. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Kids getting their mates round, get some pyjamas on, get some sweets, like we've got here. Who wants some Haribo? <laughs> I've got my Jim Jams in my bag. I, I thought this was a sleepover. It will it will turn into a sleepover at this rate. What are we talking about? The camping on the pitch. What? Camping at Ellen Road. Yes. Who knew? Have you ever it's tra- only £80 a tent. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, have you ever minute, tried? You've got to stay there for a... That, it's £80 a tent per night as well, and it is a minimum booking period of a week. Uh. <laughs> have you ever tried to sleep outdoors in South Leeds? <laughs> Jesus. I have, actually, when uh, I was queuing for playoff tickets. Yes. There were yeah, fires. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, think, do you think the morning after this is going to be like the morning after that? People burnt programme cabins. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it, if the kids just ruined the place? Yes, it's a unique and fun-packed family-orientated event that will see 60 tents pitched on the Ellen Road pitch for the first time ever. I like the way they're trumpeting that, as if you've the been first, waiting for this. The last time ever. Participants will be able to enjoy a complimentary barbecue supper pitch side. What is it, 80 quid? Yeah. Right, a complimentary barbecue supper before taking their seats. It's not actually eighty quid, is it? To watch yeah. the England v Peru game in the evening, the final England game on whole home soil before they go to the World Club in Brazil. Is it actually eighty pounds? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's eighty pounds for a fucking tent. Yes. Um, Jesus Christ! But think of what you get. You get to watch the maximum Eng- four people per tent, and <laughs> one must be an adult. Right, that's still twenty quid a head. It's ideal if you're a paedophile. I suppose it's good yeah. value. <laughs> Are the kids provided? You get a tent and three kids for £80. <laughs> what, but, they, what are they doing? What's, what's going listen, on? Listen to everything that you get. You get to watch the England versus Peru friendly... Which is on free-to-air TV. ...live on the giant screen. But it isn't on a screen as good as ours no. that got shut off for years because it was rubbish. <laughs> and sometimes had a block missing. Yeah. There's going to be a skills coaching session from the Legion United Foundation coaching staff who... Presumably the ones that haven't been sacked in the cost-cutting exercise. And they'll be dodging the tents on the pitch yes. to do that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, imagine just, just go put, put them where you want. Put them where you want. <laughs> Don't stick your head out, no! There will be LUTV content shown on the giant screen throughout the afternoon, so if it's best of, you might get a glimpse of Ben Fry. I can't hear the words family fun and Leeds United without thinking of Ben Fry. A junior penalty shootout competition. Wow. A classic family barbecue supper, serving burger and chips or sausage and chips. Plenty for the vegetarians there. Once <laughs> <laughs> he gets a Saturday morning, um, and roll. Yeah, well, you've missed out the soft drink and bottle of water on arrival. Um, I hope there's plumbing as well. Um, all the concourse bars and facilities will remain open, serving a selection of soft drinks, snacks and sweets. Parents will also be able to purchase a selection of beer and wine. Those cots shitting on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. It's uh, lights out around 11.30pm. Toilet facilities within the concourse will just remain open throughout the night. I just realised, when they turn the lights out, they're talking about the floodlights. It's going to be like yeah. fucking daytime <laughs> until 11.30 at night. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go to sleep before 11.30, you've no chance. <laughs> but seriously, and I mean, I'm sure everybody who's, who goes along to this... It, and there'll be a, a big cat on the prowl. <laughs> and when they go off, it'll be pitch black and people will be tripping over tents. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. The, when it, when your suggestion of going to bed before 11.30 at night... I don't think I'd be able to sleep. They're all like, if you hear a noise outside, the fuck's that? It's Matt Matt Smith lumbering across the pitch. (laughs) I've been on the pitch at Elland Road after a couple of games and had fun. I've never had any desire to spend the night there. Tent or no tent, complimentary soft drink or bacon roll or not, or even the opportunity to use the toilet facilities in the concourse in the middle of the night. I've got a toilet at home, you know what I mean? There's bound to be some camping enthusiasts as well having a strip wash in there's the gonna sink. Be, well, there's going to be... Um, parents will be able to purchase a selection of beer and wine. The stadium opens at 3, with lights out at 11.30pm. Now, can anybody tell me where there may be... We're looking for flaws in this plan, because we do like to pick up our everything, despite how good the intentions and the... <laughs> The high um, income that eighty pounds. What's eighty pounds by sixty tenths? Yeah, it's four thousand eight hundred quid. So for five grand, You've got to subtract the cost of the burgers, though. So um, yeah, cost of burgers, so fifty pound off. Um, what that co- much? Cost of the soft drink, bottle of, or bottle of water. Soft of, cost of the bacon, cost of the staff, um, cost of the cop cap. Can you imagine Ben Fry on a microphone struggling to control a, a group of kids? <laughs> <laughs> Please return to your tents. <laughs> return to your tents immediately. Boys and girls <laughs> I'm trying to sleep in my tent And you're all chatting well, that's where it's going This to go. isn't funny anymore <laughs> Who's been tramping in my tent? <laughs> I smell burning Yeah, there's, there, there are going to be Yeah, there's no, uh, no mention be, uh, CRB checks to get a ticket. There's no mention of not being able to have a fire You've always got to have a fire outside your tent <laughs> Take some camping equipment. A caravan. (laughs) Drive on the pitch. (laughs) Massive Winnebago. Oh, dear. Let's see what happens with that, then. I'm sure it'll make the front page of the YEP. Anybody who signs up for that, um, good luck. Hope you survive. You've read um, Lord of the Flies and all that. (laughs) I'm tempted. Have you got any kids? I have, actually. Several. Your own? Most of them, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, good. Hey, listen. If you're bored on a Saturday night, would would you ring Ken Bates? Well, he used to ring Leeds fans that's when he true. was bored of a Saturday night. That is true. A bit of payback. Um, that's how I looked at this. 
So unlike, well, we, I'm presuming everybody who's listening has now heard this because that phone call got thousands of people listening to it. This was White Leeds Radio, via whatever means, obtained various phone numbers and just started ringing them. And the young man in question, better known as Toenail Soup off Wacko and the internet, um, rang up Kenneth Bates. For a bit of background on Mr. Toenail Soup... Um, if you go on YouTube now, it's only going only gonna to take a minute of your time. Search for Rudy Austin Jam and watch the video. I'll, I'll not spoil it for you, but go and have a little look. In fact, do that now. Come back in a second. If you watched it, good. So now you know who Ken was talking to. Yes. So that's the mind that created this phone call. Um, now, we thought this was about as through the rabbit hole as we were going to go here, through the looking glass. We're talking serious, mind-bending shit when you're ringing up Ken Bates. Well, the, the big takeaway was that um, David Haig and Ken Bates were supposed to have been having supper. <sighs> supper. Hmm. I phoned him up at ten past six to confirm supper for seven. And he said, oh, he'd forgotten that he's going to the Leeds Night Supporters Club. You're fucking ignorant. Oh, that was my favourite part. Somebody, <laughs> 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 you might, might perhaps say... My supper date was cancelled. I thought it was rather impolite. No, he's fucking ignorant. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Tell me by a fucking SMS. And then the, the lovely detail of him just ringing up Susanna asking for money, which I'm sure is not really... Like, GFH weren't really ringing up Ken Bates' his wife asking for money. <laughs> Give us your money. We want your money. Give us your money or Ken gets it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, how much? <laughs> He also claimed to have put thirty million pounds into the club, which which is which is strange because when he was in court not so long ago, not he, a penny. He claimed he'd not put a penny in. Yes, and he was also he claimed to have been working ten hours a day, seven days a week at Leeds United, which considering he's only allowed in the country ninety days a year, um, was also quite interesting. So I'm going to ironic as he complained about them being in Bahrain. Running yes. a football club. Running a football club. Well, he always said you can't run a football club by fax and email from Bahrain. You can run one by fax and email from Monaco, because uh, you can get people in Monaco on the phone. Like this. I imagine this is just like another business call for him. <laughs> they even have fax machines in Monaco. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can do anything. They have a postal service as well, if you've got some pens you need to get rid of. You'll have a fax machine in the office that Leeds United are paying for, yeah. as part of his, his <laughs> this expenses. Is, this is very true. Well, listen, we, we thought... So it was all weird enough, wasn't we it? We thought that was as mental as it got, and then, Wow. Uh, knocked that one into a cocked hat, was and it? We, the, and we used to think Ken Bates was quite outspoken. <laughs> and then, was it the night after that he phoned Massimo? It, it was the night after. He phoned Massimo Cellino, and wow. I mean, you've definitely heard this one. We're talking, even though it's disappeared from the internet now, um, 22 minutes of swearing, passion, a tired, emotional, admittedly, self-admittedly drunk Italian mm. man in Miami. What, I mean, how do you, what, that, what speak words. I nearly stopped listening because at the start, he's very difficult to understand. He was obviously quite drunk. I thought, well, this isn't really going to go anywhere. I'm just going to be listening to the guy who might, might or might not take over our club, talking to an internet prankster. And I was like, well, 22 minutes long. Oh, now he's managed to spin that out for 22 minutes. Like this fucking like, podcast, to be honest. <laughs> like, can, can I be bothered listening for 22 minutes? And then I heard the words, David is a son of a bitch. He's a witch. He's dangerous. He's a fucking devil. A, a devil or the devil? Um, my transcript here says he's a fucking devil, but there was also a, a point where he called him the devil. Mm. He's a bad man. Mm. David Haig, the people who work for him, they are really dangerous, my friends. They are really bad people. Around this time, my interest was piqued. <laughs> uh, Mr. Cellino, please, please do go on. 
and on he went. Um, oh, that's the other, yes, he's sick in his head. That was the other highlight. That was the, the point where I was lighting a cigar. <laughs> really? This could be good. Yes. <laughs> Which is, more wine, Massimo. <laughs> he wasn't particularly favourable about GFH, the football team. He wasn't exactly polite about Brian, was he? Uh, Charles. Charles, yes. <laughs> it, it, was, it was something else. And revelations that McCormack... Uh, attempted to leave for Cardiff on on that mad mad day, and then we gradually were getting used to Massimo's, or we've been introduced to Massimo's catchphrases. Because when both when sacking Brian and when not selling McCormack, he told them both to get the fuck out of here, which is good. I like a man who's got a catchphrase listen, for all my, business. My listen, friend. my friend. Listen, my friend. Oh, my friend. I'm very drunk. Listen, my friend. I'm drunk. The lovely confusion about uh, who actually was managing the, the club. Was it Brian McCormack used to uh, coach Reading? Yeah, Noel Kebe on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It's actually, it's worth um, going through because now he has taken over and we'll come on to this. It does seem like he's not necessarily taken a clear eyed view of what he's buying in advance. So we had uh, Noel Ant, Ant, I remember his name, Ant. Uh, twenty five grand a week? No, um, that was that's Kebe. It could it could have been Kebe? It's definitely not on Luke Murphy. I've not been able to find anybody who seriously think Luke Murphy is on twenty two grand a week. I don't know. Blackburn were in for him as well. But <clears throat> yeah, nobody. It's it seems high. Seems to be the um, consensus. Seems and, high. That's <laughs> <laughs> look. In, in and light, then Reading. Yeah, but in light of the bloody accounts that have come out, they're awful. <laughs> but then the other one, Reading paying McDermott. Um, £800,000 a year Reading have just gone no we're not so there's, there's quite a lot of things that have uh, come out and just gone I don't think is Ross McCormack really got a seven year contract I don't yeah. think he's got a seven year contract I'll tell you one thing he did get right though um, mm. which he got a lot right suggests he has watched us with a shit fucking shit team you got a shit the worst team I ever saw in my life yeah 18 million I would not <laughs> pay these bastards 5 million I was quite pleased to hear him uh, talk about keeping the guys that make us laugh that make us enjoy the players the good ones I sell the bad ones the good ones I keep <laughs> <laughs> and of course there were some choice lines in there one or two of them coming right towards the very end of the conversation his uh, obviously very non-misogynistic views of women when prompting his daughter to go take uh, photos at the front of the East End, burying her ass. Yes. And, uh... Her ass wasn't bare. Well, no. We don't get that until the club's bought. This is true. Fans are not for sale. They have feeling, and you don't buy feeling. You can buy a bitch for one night, but you can't buy the love, my friend. I don't know. How much is a bitch these days? Depends what breed you go for. Well, you've got two Newfoundlands. They're, they're male. Oh, okay. Like that, is it? Mm. Couple of big gay dogs. <laughs> But, hey, uh, I'm a Stonewall Diversity Champion, so fuck you. Well, the uh, the leader of the Stonewall Diversity Champions is um, is an evil snake, according <laughs> to Massimo. All the, I mean, it's you could go through. I've got the whole transcript and the recording saved because now every now and then I do like to just listen to him uh, <laughs> ranting on um, about everything, but particularly <laughs> the David Hague stuff. Uh, what belonged David Hague? Where? Where did he ever work in his life? What he never done his life? What he belong? Where'd he come from? I don't know what's fucking with this guy. Legitimate questions as well, because where's he ever worked in his life? There are question marks marks over that. McDonald's. Um, Where where, where he belong? Beeston, Salford, (laughs) Cornwall. Who knows? Yeah. Dubai. Dubai, maybe. 
what's fucking with this guy, I believe is a, a valid question that's often been asked. Mm. Let's not try and attract a solicitor's letter. <laughs> uh, let's just deal well, with... Well, then can we talk about how we... Um, well, deal with the line at the end. It was, it was brilliant because well, he kind of, he almost had a moment of clarity, did Chilino, didn't he? He's like, hang on a second, I've possibly said too much here. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're a nice guy. <laughs> no. Yes, Mr. Chilino. <laughs> What did he say? I felt so with you. I shouldn't talk to you. Don't know what you're going to do. Anyway, I, t- <laughs> I talk with you what I think. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Yeah. You did. And he's, yeah. went, he's went through the roof for it as well. Well, so. it's the best piece of PR he could yeah. possibly have had. Yeah. Cause, it's just because he was saying, in many ways, it was quite an easy thing that he did because he was just sort of hitting the easy targets. Because, mm. let's face it, despite what David Hogue's own website says, he hasn't really re-engaged fans. I think he might have to amend that, the bit of his website that says yeah. that. People do hate him and people... Do hate Bates. He had a little pop at him as well, saying GFH. And Bates was still behind GFH. Was the other thing he said, flattering the fans and all that. It's kind of you know easy things yeah. to do, but he did it in a proper way. And I think compared to the, he did the, it in a passionate way. That's the thing. Compared to yeah. the very corporate way GFH have, yeah. have done it, like oh, Salim, uh, I've got I've got a scarf. <laughs> I think we should wear these. I've seen people wearing them on the old clips. From the the nineteen seventies when they were in the, the the Europe Cups, the fans all wore these, so we'll wear them too. Or even worse, from a fucking press release. Though there is there is there are certain little chunks of information that have come to light um, through this whole process that have perhaps shone a light on how GFH are, and one of those things is the. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Share purchase agreement. Now, you know that I've I've seen the vast majority of the important bits of that, such as the purchase price and all that. We'll come on to it. But one of them, one of the contractual obligations that Chilino has is to fund us back to Europe. But the contract says to the European Football Championships... He's got to fund us to the European... become fu- a country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just little things like that. You see these, these twatty lawyers and bankers, and they've all sat there and gone, let's, be, let's put that in the contract. Let's yeah. put that in the contract. European Football Championships. We won't rest until we've won the Cup Winners' Cup. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, spinning back to when we recorded last, um, it was just ahead of the Football League judgment, and we predicted Chilino would fail, which he did, uh, the owners and directors test. Then, of course, the appeal went in, which he won. Now, I have it on good authority that 
his lawyers expected to fail on the thing that they passed on, and they passed on the thing they expected to fail on. Because it was, it was a two-stage approval, wasn't there? were two tests that they applied to it. The first was, was it a conviction? And the second was, was it dishonest? And the Football League were correct, it was a conviction. The second test they didn't pass on, was it dishonest? Because the judge hasn't reported, has she yet? Hasn't Sandra just yet? It might be dishonest. In, yeah, we'll find out in June. It might be honest. There well, the, are honest ways of evading tax on a yacht. The two ways it can fall are basically recklessness or dishonesty. And because she hasn't ruled, the QC, Tim Kerr, said that uh, the Football League were wrong to assume it was a dishonest act. When Massimo is doing all he can to prove it's probably recklessness. Yes. The way he's going about <laughs> yes. things. Yes. His lawyers actually played a blinder when you read through the judgment because they provided no documentation to do with the court case whatsoever. No paperwork, no nothing. So when you read through, it's all like, we don't think Cholino was present in court. We don't know. We understand that this was said and that this was done. Well, I haven't seen anything, any evidence to say that that happened. And then I think the Football League's lawyers were looking at Cholino's lawyers and saying, well, haven't you got all this stuff? And they were like, ah, other briefcase. Sorry, should we continue? So by just not giving any information about the case... It left the QC going... Uh, there was no evidence, basically, was there? Yeah, there's, I've got absolutely nothing to rule on, and I've got no right to ask for it. So I can only go off what I've got, which is that Judge Sandra Lepore has 90 days from saying he's convicted um, before she has to issue her written reasons, is what effectively uh, we're waiting for. And until she's written those reasons down and issued them, we can't say whether he has been convicted of a dishonest act or not. Or we know he's been convicted of something. So you cannot fail him for being convicted of something. And you can't wait for Judge Sandra to reveal what something is. <laughs> so through he goes. And then if Judge Sandra does then say, oh, yeah, he's as dishonest as the day is long, Tim Kerr QC just said, well, that's not the matter before me. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. Come on, boys. <laughs> Have a good Here's week. my invoice. Yeah. Well, before we deal with Don't that, tell so- them this before the, before the match. <laughs> my advice, I'm not going to tell you what I've decided, right? But it's pretty cheeky. I understand they're away. Wigan's lovely town. I remember at Springfield Park. Great. Tell them after. <laughs> well, listen, um, we were talking about the madness that kind of went before it. And this all came after all the business with Patel on Wacko. He'd been loitering and a very industrious poster named Lardy had been doing some digging and finding out who these people were, looking into name histories and stuff. And the rather beautiful thing was Salim hiding under the very cunning name... Oh, he's a slippery one. <laughs> Malas, wasn't it? Well, he thought better... Melas, rather. He thought better of Melas. Well, I would love to have seen his face when that occurred to him. He's like, oh my God, that's my name backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm fooling nobody. And then um, and then had the gumption to submit to what I say. Could I... Could I change my username at all? Because it's it's my real name backwards, and I'm Celine Patel. Oh. <laughs> he didn't even um, know how to change it, so he changed it to uh, Paddy Kenny Number One. Favoritism. Don't like to see that. However, I did like to see his favoritism towards Habib Habubu when he was saying, "Don't think Warnock's given him a fair chance. He needs a run in the side." <laughs> oh. I don't understand football. <laughs> you may as well have said this is echoes of uh, the, the revelation this week that whether true or not, that they uh, rejected the opportunity to purchase Ashley Barnes from Brighton because he wasn't statistically as good on Football Manager 
as Luke Varney. The makers of Football Manager have disputed this. They said that they checked the stats and said, there's a story going round that we've rated Ashley Barnes as better than Luke Varney and we haven't, it's wrong. Then other people are arguing and said, well, if you look at these stats and we don't know what version they've got, but I think They'll the, have an old version. The key point of it was, because it came out in a Phil Hay article about how Brian McDermott, since January, has had to submit his team sheets to Salana Rudin and other people back at Basecamp Bahrain. For, his game for a, plan, his game plan as well. His game plan, technical reports. Well, he had to submit them to Bahrain for approval. It's had the brilliant image of Neil Warnock sort of parceling up all those big whiteboards with rash, rash, rash <laughs> written on it. Said, Are you sure this is going to get back in time for the game? Um the key point with the football manager thing is that nobody was sure if they were joking or not. It came back and said, well, we've had a look at football manager and we think Luke Varney's better. And there's, the vibe seems to be that Brian McDermott was getting this and was like, are they taking the piss? <laughs> and looking at Nigel Gibbs and going, I don't know. Is there a winky face? It's like, uh, no. Who's it from? Well, it's from Salim. It's like, well, I'd expect a winky face if it was a joke. Well, it's, hopefully, hopefully, all this madness is now behind us because they don't own the majority share. Well, <laughs> partly, but there was apparently uh, Massimo has said today. Well, we we glossed over his comments about Brian McDermott in the famous phone call where he said, uh, uh, "If he wants to work with me, if he's going to do the right thing, and I believe that he can, he can run the team. Why should I throw money from the window? Which is, you know, if I realise it's not good for the team, I have to sack him. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but I can tell you something. I don't like." I didn't like him. I don't understand him very much. I'm from Italy, you know. He is Irish. I don't know very much the people. He seems very strange guy, but he's not a bad person. Which, as um, votes of confidence go, is fantastic. But he said, apparently, at the moment, um, he's just fucking with him by saying that, uh, hey, Brian, you're all right, but Nigel Gibbs is my man. He just keeps telling him that he likes Nigel more than he likes Brian. Did you see the picture of them yesterday sat on the bench together? Yeah. <laughs> On Brian McDermott's birthday as yeah. well. <laughs> McDermott sat there with his little belly podged out while Massimo's got his watch on his fingers for some reason. Like he's trying to sell it to swinging him. Swinging it round. <laughs> hey, what's the plan then, Brian? You don't have to send it to Bahrain no more. You're just talking to me. I give you this watch, you let me fuck your wife. What do you think? <laughs> he come French there. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> We've been taken over by Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> well, anyway, the takeover, it's, it's, got, well, it's, it's, it's gone through. What we've learned as well is that he didn't do due diligence on the deal, did he? Hooray! Hooray! It's Echoes of Bates Mark too. And this is pretty much an established fact. His, his lawyers have conceded and, and he had an audience with various journalists in London and they've reported back that he, uh, he admitted that he sort of raised the finances in front of him, doesn't want to talk about it, and admitted to having not properly looked looked at the books until after he'd done the deal. When you come down to it, the only way we were ever going to get the club out of GFH's hands is for somebody to just come along and just go, but then this is what happened when Krasner was, Bates just came and I said, I don't want to see the books, I'll just buy the fucking thing. And he's come along and just gone, hey, I don't want to see no books, i just buy the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and who's it going to be next? Have you seen the... Um, An Eskimo. <laughs> Inu- what, they're Inuits now. What accent do they do, though? It'll be, it'll be really racist, whatever happens, so don't try it. Have you seen the programme on um, on TV where Americans buy things that they don't know what they are? Oh, that cargo... Irony. <laughs> where they, they, they'll bid on, like, a storage unit and yeah. they don't know what's in it, or they get a glimpse of what's in it. Storage hunters. Yeah, and then they've got to, then they end up buying it and they, they get a... It was bid under a big tarpaulin and it turns out to be a climbing wall or something. This is a bit how Massimo's gone about buying a football club. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's not got a good deal. The deal is as well, 
it's worth saying six million pounds he's paid to GFH for the first bit, and they they earned it. Yes, and they are due another five million pounds in December. They earned that too for well, the shares. I'm, I'm starting to become sceptical. Eleven million pounds he's paid them for seventy five percent of the shares. Plus, he has to take on ten and a half million pounds in short term debt that belongs to GFH, and another thirteen and a half million pounds in long term debt that be- uh, belongs to a connected party. I think this will be Brendale or Berrydale. When we say belongs to, you mean owed to, really, yes. don't you? Yeah. So that's £11 million for shares and another £24 million for connected debt. What sort of interest are they charging it's on this? 2%. 2%, that's low. Uh, it is, Lower yeah. than I thought it would be. So thirty. he's paid 35 or he will be paying, £35 million for three quarters of nothing. Hmm. Um, you can say what you want about David Haig, but he's a bloody good businessman. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, actually, he's a son of a bitch, a witch. He's dangerous. He's a fucking well, he's, devil. He's the big man. He's not, dangerous. Not our, wor- not our words. We'd like to stress. Not our words. Um, he's sick in his head. Still not our words. Um, I wonder how that first day in the office went. Uh, the club is full of thieves and crooks, and uh, I will never know how they could lose all the money because there's a bunch of evil snakes there. Not our words. <laughs> no, that's the words of a man. Who, Massimo can say what he wants. That's the, word, the words of a man who hadn't done due diligence <laughs> and then says, I will never know how they could lose all the money because there's a bunch of <laughs> evil snakes there. <laughs> On top of the 35 million. I love doing due diligence. Well, we haven't actually found the accounts yet, Massimo, but we did find this box full of evil snakes. <laughs> it's <laughs> IOUs. In- Indiana Jones movie. Anyway, what the else? East and Catacombs. Yes, he's he's responsible also for any other debt that includes enterprise insurance, anything owed to David Haig and any other parties, thought to be in the region of eight to ten million pounds. He's also contractually obliged to take over any obligations that arise out of the deal between Bates and GFH. Are obligations likely to arise? You'd think that was all finished by now. Well, if we go up, probably. He also has to write off another four and three quarter million pounds if we go up inside the next three years. Well, that's been in the, that's been in since admin, hasn't yes. it? Yes, that's old news, but still news. He also has to contractually he has to fund the football team. He is contractually obliged to bring in top footballing and management talent. <laughs> How much? I mean, How is there a limit on that? that? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's quite a woolly concept. I realise. I've got Peter Beardsley's here. Will he do? No. <laughs> Given the base it on football manager. There's always some bargain men on there. That's Freddie Adu. Fred, get Freddie Adu in. Why not? Get Kennedy back here, your logo in, or whatever his yeah. name was. He was brilliant. He was about 300 grand, he was in. See if Arsenal On the 102 version. Kim Chelstrom, get him in. Yep, he was good. <laughs> so come on. They're easily fooled. There must be more. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. There was the European football. Yes, uh, you've got to fund us up to European football level. Wasn't it? We've got to, to the European football championship. Yes, that's correct. Which I have not technically heard of. Have we got to win the Texaco Cup? Probably. At some point. And he was also contractually obliged to keep Haig on until the end of this season and Naruddin until the end of next season. Now, I don't think the Haig thing's necessarily going to work out. But he, they seem like such good friends. <laughs> so awkward. close. Very awkward. I like to keep my friends close and my Snake. son of a bitch is closer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about the, uh, the, the, the the general outline of the deal. It's it's quite a pricey deal for a club that's on its arse, basically. It's, abs- it's no wonder they wanted to only deal with him. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, anybody's, oh, you know, what could, fan in the, and together Leeds must be potless. No, they're just... It's not idiots. <laughs> not, yeah. They asked to look at the books, and I imagine that's probably as far as the conversation went. We really want to buy Leeds United. Can we see the accounts? 
Um, can we get back to you on that? Hey, I really want to buy Leeds United. I, I don't need to see no accounts. Come in. <laughs> it's <laughs> a pain. Sit down. Yes. How, have you met David? Because Massimo has got his first day today. He arrived at the ground, doorstepped by journalists. And it looked almost like he was joking because they were like, what are you going to do, Massimo? What's, what are you doing today? He's like, well, I, I go to pay the wages and the tax. And they're all like, it's oh, going to pay the wages and the tax. He's like, no, I have to go and pay the, the wages and the tax. It's like about two o'clock in the afternoon. No, I have to go pay the wages and the tax. And time's running out. And it was like, oh, okay, lovely to meet you. Like, oh, he needs to get away. You see him rushing off into the East End. And I realised um, he had to pay the wages and the tax. And the time was running out because um, HMRC had put a winding up petition in nine days ago. So it's like, no, I, I it's... <laughs> The bank shuts. I have to pay the wages and the tax. And then, as I, he was uh, in the pub by about half past three, so there's all these photos of him in the peacock. And really, if I had just turned up, sat in the dugout, I said, hey, Brian, new era, would then watch the Watford game, and then travel straight up to Leeds, bunch of journalists keeping you away from your accountant while he's inside, like, no, Massimo, the ba- honestly, I've just found another bill. <laughs> It's it was folded up under a table yeah. leg. Drop. I had to fight the snake off. It was in its mouth. 800 grand spent first afternoon. It's like, okay. I'm going to the pub. Yeah, where, where do I get a drink around here? <laughs> Peacock was be. I, I would not go to the Billy's bar because there is a crazy old bearded man in there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I hope he buys Subway and sets fire to it. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly after the subway have moved out. Could, yeah. he, could he evict them first? And then- yeah, I'm not, I'm not suggesting he burns any people in subway. The people above subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, that, that reminds me, of course, we've, we've missed the, the debates broadcast because... Ah! <laughs> that was just me- mental, that, that online YouTube thing. And it was just like from the 80s, wasn't it? Ken Bates is from the 80s. Yeah, well, yeah, a gradient screen in the background that was garish. And, and the ben cast- Fry had changed a lot. Well, she had, yes. She, had. she looked like... She didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, Pretty much like Ken. Radio Yorkshire as a whole have got some a lovely look to their. They do some, even though it's radio, they do video content. I think it's I think it's called television when when people do that. Hey. But they have an effect with the text on it. So rather than text going uh, left to right, it starts, as it, oh, it does that in the Western world, doesn't it? It goes. It starts at the top and it goes down one letter under the other. That's it's like a it's like a sort of PowerPoint ninety seven. Sounds, sounds futuristic. How I describe it. Yeah. Future is like, like the running man or something. They've not got much budget, I don't think. No, I, I don't want to be knocking any media outlet that's make it, taking its first tentative steps in the world of, uh, of broadcast. But. But. He, say, he says sat in a studio worth about 25 grand. Well. And owned by a massive media conglomerate. But to be fair, couldn't, can we go downstairs and get a sandwich? No, so that's true. Exclusive interview with Ken Bates on uh, Radio Yorkshire's YouTube channel. Ten thousand four hundred and sixty-one views. That's pretty significant. Uh, the next day, Lee's Bradford Airport announces new Scandinavian service. Fifty-one views. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's trying to target then? Uh, I'm not sure. Radio Yorkshire F1 Grand Prix promo. That's got to be pretty good. Twenty-eight views. Where's the, my favourite one? Uh, they've been very heavy on uh, Cheltenham, Cheltenham races. So the road to Cheltenham with John Frankham, racing legend John Frankham, uh, 35 views. How many views has uh, Rudy Austin want the jam got? <laughs> There's a Cheltenham update, three views. 
There was really another bothered. another Cheltenham update. Another three well, views. Well, those are the staff that have done it yeah. as well. <clears throat> and um, what is Rudy Austin Jam? You want to compare it to? One thousand four hundred thirty-five views for a video about Rudy Austin needing jam. It goes to show you that if you want to build a successful media strategy, you can't just drag any old man off the street and stick him in a purple studio and have a confused young woman with a media studies qualification who thought she was working for a proper radio station asking him questions like, I've been told I have to ask you about I Leeds I United. I read the writing here. Um, <laughs> but it's- Mind you, there's no, uh, there's no accounting for the public's taste. We get about five or 6,000 people listening to this shit. We've only we got one mad old man. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just get what the first question was? Okay, so Leeds United in a bit of a turmoil at the moment. In a bit of a turmoil. What are your thoughts generally on this? What are your thoughts generally on this? <laughs> Wind him up, let him go. <laughs> Eight minutes of... I've missed his voice. I mean, it's a secret. Uh, <laughs> oh, this was great as well. Because when you talked about being a... Because obviously everybody's in the know. Nobody wants to let anything slip. Six million pounds into this, and meanwhile it's sitting in the bank earning nothing. You can't earn interest in money today. And when you get there, they say, "Hey, what about? What about? What about? What about?" And then, then nothing happens. So they say, well, I, "I can put my money somewhere else. I'm not earning money." What's he talking about? I mean, it's a secret, but I'll, now I was asked if I would put one out. Oh, it's a secret, but I'll. <laughs> You seem nice, lovely young lady. It's funny that Ken's complaining as well that you can't uh, make any money from uh, interest from putting it in a bank. Because Ken uh, once ran a bank, didn't he? The Irish Trust Bank. <coughs> and he offered savers an excellent interest rate. Mm. Um, only then, someone loaned all of the bank's money to an offshore company. who then, secured loans. Who, who took it. Yeah. <laughs> Was what seemed to have happened to it. Yes. And, that sounds thoroughly and then unpleasant. And then the Irish government had to bail it out and pay back all the savers. Where did they get that money from? The taxpayers. The people of Ireland. The people of Ireland had to pay for it. And I assume Ken Bates one day decided maybe those people should get their money back. He may yet decide that. Well, if you look in the in the latest accounts, it shows that the uh, ownership of Leeds United changed on the 20th of December. Um, it was passed to Gulf Finance House. And on the 21st of December, the preference shares to Lutonville Holdings uh, were cashed in. Four million quid to uh, Lutonville Holdings, a company uh, which is a related party in the accounts by virtue of its connection to Ken Bates. I don't say what that connection is, because he obviously has never taken a penny out of Leeds United. No. But, Everyone um, knows that. He put, yes. he put 30 million quid in. So he 30 says. Million, 30 million pounds down. He was there working 10 days, 10 days a week. What a guy. 90 hours a night. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he must be annoyed because GFH have pulled a better stunt than he ever did. Oh. On Massimo. Big star, why do you think he's come back? He wants, his, he wants a piece. <laughs> I mean, if you told me you were going to do this, I, I'd have been paying him like, like anybody. He'd be sending in a lot of post-dated uh, <laughs> voices, why? <laughs> I'm this one! Yeah. Yeah, you are the funnest! <laughs> a jet! A fucking boat! A radio station! An office! <laughs> <laughs> Look at the text down the side as well. <laughs> it looks fucking atrocious. <laughs> Let's return to the talk about Massimo then. What I would say, the most interesting thing about this is how the position has shifted on him from a bit outright horror, basically, when his name for... Being trapped in Ellen Road, <laughs> not yeah. to get out. Well, yeah, that, and, and just he, he swanned into town on that... Um, Mad, Mad Friday. Friday, yeah. And then everyone was dead against him, and then 
just slowly, when, every, when, when, when the wool has fallen from people's eyes about just how fucked we are under GFH, that it's come around to now when we've hit such desperate circumstances. You mean just as the accounts came out? Yes. Yeah. That we've, we've, everyone's kind of welcome to, well, you know what, all right, he might be a convicted fraudster, but fucking hell, he's better than these lot. He's better than these lot. Can't and he's, be that bad. And he's Unconvicted fraudsters. That's what yeah. we had. <laughs> what I will Allegedly. say... Allegedly. Yes, what, what I will say... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job you got that in there. <laughs> that that makes it all all right. <laughs> what I was going to say was uh, another thing that um, happened on that fiasco Friday. The reason it happened is because the contract stipulated that he had full control over footballing matters as soon as he'd signed the contract. That's why that happened. So, technically, he was allowed to do what he did in firing everybody... Mm as soon as the ink was dry on the paper. However, another condition of the contract was that he's not allowed to own the club until he's got Football League approval. So there were two contradicting clauses in the contract, but he just went off the one and fired everyone. Yeah. You've got to bear in mind as well, GFH, for a large part of last year, left us without any controlling party because they sold half of the... Well, they sold so much of the club that nobody was in charge... And then they brought it all back so that they could be in charge, so they could sell it. Turns um, out that probably wasn't allowed. Yeah, I think you've got to tell the Football League about things yeah. like that, and they did not. So um, if them just going, uh, well, you can't run it till you get Football League approval, but just have a go. We'll, You'll probably we'll be all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. And I think We've flagged it for yeah, over a year. The changing perception of Cellino, hopefully, well, it's hard to say whether, he'll have, whether he's learnt from that. I think it does show that we are getting into bed with someone who does spell trouble um, and he spells it correctly in <laughs> two languages. And there is no doubt that we are going to have trouble um, because as judgment, whether GFH gave him the right to do what he wanted with the club or not, as his first act, sacking everybody on a Friday night probably wasn't it. Maybe even just wait till the Monday. It didn't, there was no reason to do anything that he did on Fiasco Friday, whether he owned it or not. So there's that problem with his instinctive judgment comes into play. And then also, um, if you want to say, well, he'll learn from that. If he hadn't learned from that, he might learn from buying Leeds United at all. Because I would say, as an example of good judgment, paying 35 million quid for a club full of evil snakes without having looked inside the basket first, it doesn't suggest to me that he's going to soberly look things through before... Um, considering his next move. Suggest to me he didn't even Google Leeds United. <laughs> Coming up. It's all about donkeys on Saturday at home, isn't it? Eh? He makes a change from the evil snakes. This is true. We've got Blackpool. Blackpool and a load of donkeys slugging it out on a pitch in front of some people who probably don't want to be there. The fixtures are desperate to give us a win, aren't they? This run of games we've had. We've managed to win one. Because Blackpool are about as shit as us, aren't they? Well, that's the problem. They were top of the league they've after been, about 13 games. They've been de-inced. <laughs> that's a good thing. In two, in both respects. Actually, no, it's only half a good thing. Tom Ince was good. As um, Paul Ince realised he can make more money just taking his son round Premier League clubs for signing on fees than being a manager, or is that libelous? Can I say that? No, he did. He, he, dri- he just driving him about the place, wasn't he? I'm, I'm sure you could, you could hide behind a fair comment defence there. You'd be all right. I could just point out that he wants to be called the governor. Sorry, sorry, Your Honour. Uh, who is this Paul Ince I see in the uh, the court records? I was talking about a man known as the governor. Case dismissed. 
In your opinion, that's just say it's just an opinion. Yeah. We've, and we've all got them. If we can sneak one more win, the pressure's off, we will be fine. The problem is... So when we don't... Yeah. Miserable. Miserable, miserable, fans don't miserable. like their owners either. No. no, and if you've seen what um, Oyston, um, I can never remember which one it is, but the fans... It's Carl who's in charge at the moment. Yeah. The Owen's f- the rapier, rapier one. Right, so it's Carl. That, uh, the fans... It's true, not allegedly. No, no, it is true. The yeah. fans got one of those trailers that you see on Kirkscale Road advertising Leeds Rhinos, and they put a banner on the back that says, The Oystons, Crooks and Thieves, where's all our money gone? And uh, um, Carl Oyston's had his photograph uh, taken next to it, like giving the thumbs up and grinning. Like, yay! I've got it. I've got all your money. Um, yeah. so they seem very comfortable about taking money out. They don't do it on the sly. No. I hire out trailers with uh, banners on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Ching, ching. They did claim, didn't they, that the £11 million was removed for tax purposes and put back into uh, Owen's company. And mm. if the club ever needed it, so they didn't, the club didn't get taxed, which I think is very nice of them. Very nice of them indeed. Well, what about all the schools and hospitals that that tax would have paid for? Yeah. See, it's a moral, moral nightmare. <laughs> It's the um, Blackpool. They've still got the, the hospitals for the tourists. The Bloomfield area of Blackpool is the least healthy region in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just Britain. Um, but yeah, instances. I think life expectancy is something like five years lower than that is the national average. There. They live on pure candy floss. <laughs> I think it's and rock slightly more toxic substances <laughs> are the issue there. Does it include the pitch? <laughs> may well do this. is that I, an exclusion I went to a work do which involves staying at the hotel which is at um, Blackpool's they, ground they should really put more hotels at football grounds actually surprisingly it was alright considering that the stadium as a whole is quite a shithole but Ricardo Fuller was eating a full English when I saw him <laughs> so Tony- even the professional athletes in that region are not <laughs> not living well they've got Tony Warner as a backup goalkeeper he must be in his 80s uh, well I was wondering I mean if the life expectancy in Blackpool is already reduced he needs to get out of there and get somewhere somewhere where he can enjoy he's, a long bring, and happy he's retirement bringing up, he's bringing up the average age Blackpool on his own <laughs> single handedly well that is all he's ever been isn't it Backup goalkeeper. Backup. He's never actually played a game ever, has he? Oh, he played a lot for Leeds. Yeah, I know. I was checking what went on with Tony Warner at Leeds. Don't yawn when I'm talking about Tony Warner. <laughs> Fuck, crying out loud. Leeds bit he was yawning at. <laughs> this was Leeds under Kevin Blackwell. <laughs> now you're interested. Blackwell, he was good. Uh, yeah, he played all, like, the last dozen games of uh, Kevin Blackwell's management. And then Dennis Wise basically didn't like him, so got Graham Stack in instead. Oh, the glory days. An alleged rapist. Didn't he... Uh, he was found innocent. Yeah. So he's not an alleged rapist. He definitely wasn't a rapist. He was, he was an alleged rapist. Can't we just say he's an innocent he's man? He's not a rapist. I think we've covered this before, haven't we? That <laughs> yeah, he definitely so. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Which is why we're talking about the Oystons, you yeah. know. It's Who definitely topical. Were. Yeah. It's a recurring All of them was. I don't know about Tony Warner. <laughs> Let's presume innocent. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. I think I think uh, Tim Kirk, you see, would definitely... <laughs> Um, have him as that's not that's not the uh, case in point anyway, is it? No, no. I had no evidence in front of me, so I <laughs> no, can't. What, I can't what, comment. What, what, what I want to know is what the fuck do who scored dot com think? Who scored dot com basically say um, they're almost exactly the same same as us, except they're good at scoring from set pieces, which you may recall from real recent experiences watching Leeds United. We're not very good at defending them, but yeah, it's quite eerie. Both of us average one goal a game. We average... Uh, I thought you were talking about the ghost house at Blackpool Pleasure Beach then. That is eerie. I used to like the um, the waltzes in the dark. They were pretty good. Which, wasn't that a song by... Um, Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Waltzing in the dark. Yes, um, definitely. We average 13 shots a game. 
to 12. I assume that something earlier in the season raised that average. However, we have exactly the same number of corners, throw-ins, <laughs> fouls and offsides um, on average. Do you know what's going to happen on this game? Both teams are going to cancel we'll, each other yes, out. Yes, and it'll be one on a penalty. Ross McCormack will score a penalty. No, he won't. He will. No, he won't. He will. He will. No, in no the he seven, won't. In the 78th minute, he will score a penalty and we will win 1-0 and everything will be fine. I tell you on his happy marriage that he will not <laughs> score that penalty and it'll be all his fault and her fault and everyone will complain at them and they'll be like, yeah, your husband's a dickhead. Well, we need to beat uh, Blackpool because we've got the annual defeat away to Barnsley um, coming up after that. It's difficult to see where a point's coming from in these three games against Blackpool, Barnsley and Nottingham Forest, managerless Nottingham Forest. They've given us an extra 2,400 tickets, presumably as some form of punishment. Sadists. Barnsley, town of sadists and masochists. Why, why else would you live there? Everyone will live in Barnsley by choice. Raise your hands if you do. Zero percent of people. Who scored dot com say? <laughs> they got Danny Wilson, haven't they? His second spell mm. as manager, which um, I was checking that today and came face to face with an article on BBC Sport, which demonstrated that he's very much like Jose Mourinho in being in a second spell at the club. So we got that to uh, to watch for. Who um, who did he manage in between Champions League wins at all? I don't think so. I think no. both Sheffield clubs. That worked Bristol well for a bit. I can't um, remember. Maybe. What about his spell at Real Madrid? That that was it. That's what you're thinking of. Possibly, yeah. And when he was dealing with, um, I always get this wrong. Is it Mary's prayer? Yes, yes, I've got it right. Because I always say Mary's boy child, and that's um, <laughs> that's Boney M. That's Boney M. <laughs> Very easily confused. They've got two games to play before they play us, whereas we've only got one. So they might be tired. God, I hope they keep losing. That's all I look at. Well, well, they will, they will, because they'll have they'll lose those games before us because they'll have an eye on us and they'll beat us. That's all right. If I think I'm all right with them beating us as long as they lose the two before us. They're That's playing. all I'm all I'm aiming, all I look at. I don't even look at our result. I presume we've lost. <laughs> I just look at covered in baby vomit. <laughs> I just look at Yeovil, Barnsley, Millwall, Charlton, Birmingham, Blackpool. They're my hope. Well, they're playing Charlton. They're still to drop like a stone as well. They have. They're still below us, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh shit, must they be? The bottling it. So it's like, you know when your teams get up near the top of the league and they, they start getting jitters? They got near us and we're like, oh shit, we could finish above Leeds. It's pretty and we much, can have posters in the town. Pretty much like Mark Robbins, Mark Robbins' whole career. Saved Alex Ferguson's job, then ended up at Norwich. Tells you everything. Do we want, to, do we want the Who Scored rundown? Yeah. Uh, they're good at shooting from direct free kicks. Good. There it ends. Um, they're... Bad, they're very weak in fact, not just weak, and it's my favourite thing for a team to be very weak at against us, uh, defending against skillful players. So we need to get all the skillful players on the pitch, get Mowit, It's a Dawson. day. It's a day for Matt Smith to shine. <laughs> it's a day for Chris Dawson to step up, and loads of other... Small children. Young youth players that I've never heard of, or seen play, because they'll be skillful, pacey, and hungry. Well, you've not... And they'll play for the shirt. What we failed to cover in the when we were talking about McDermott is the fact that we should have Eddie Gray in and play the kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be in the playoffs. For the last 20 years, it's been obligatory to, to say At that. At some point, we should, Eddie Gray as manager, play the kids. Except when he was manager last time, he didn't play the kids, did he? He played loads of old men. Well, he lost faith really in the... Uh, well, there weren't any kids. There was, well, I suppose there was Milner and Lennon, but there was kids taking it to an extreme. Which kids did we have? Rich, Fraser Richardson? Matt 
kill Gallon. Yeah, I think he was justified. However, no excuse now because there's Chris We've got Dawson. loads of kids. We've got loads of them camping at Ellen Road, for God's sake. And take, take your pick, Eddie. It's getting to the point now as well, it's worth raising, that Eddie Gray is slightly going out of fashion and people are saying, get Richard Naylor in there. Oh, He'll motivate them yeah. and he's good with the kids. So it's no longer about the wing wizardry. It's picking 11 kids for a championship football match away at Barnsley and having Richard Naylor giving them an absolute bollocking before they even go out of the dressing room. <laughs> it's a recipe for success. Hooray! Get um, some blood on your boots! No! Now! In here! <laughs> Kick each other. Listen, on to the next game. Nottingham Forest at home. Again, another team absolutely flatlining since job done. Got, uh, got sacked. Oh, what an odious little bitch Billy Davies is. He's, he's, gone, a bit, really he's gone a bit cracker, hasn't he? He's taking year? it to the next level. What, he was yelling at a photographer at the side of the pitch for taking photos Stop of him. Stop taking my fucking picture! Yeah. Stop taking my fucking picture, and you! Didn't he have cameras focused on the people in press conferences as well? Yeah. Strange behaviour. Tinfoil tin hat time yeah, for a lot of the press came out and started slagging him off as well, didn't they? The best one was the uh, the cover of, is it the Nottingham, Nottingham Evening Post? Evening Post, yeah. And they had a, just one of the little boxes in the top right-hand corner on the front page of the paper, advertising their job section, wasn't it? Looking for a job, question mark. See page 17. With and there picture. was a little picture of fucking Dwarf Billy holding his mobile phone. Fuck off. He didn't say fuck off. I'm just, <laughs> I embellished that bit. Could do a job for us? Probably, <laughs> probably yeah. Probably. He'd get us off, wouldn't he? And that's the thing. But he's, a hor- <laughs> yeah. he's a horrible little toe rag. He's a st- strange little man, but he, maybe I can work with him. I'd rather stay in the championship for eternity than have Billy <laughs> Davis as our manager. Can Pelts play against us? No, he won't be able oh. to, will he? Look at their form. Drawn, lost, lost, drawn, lost, drawn. And if we did more than their last six, I'd have a sneaky look. There's definitely been more draws and losses. They're getting into Leeds United territory. All these teams are shit. Blackpool, I think, was it after about 13 games, they were top of the league? And I think they've barely won since. Dragged up by um, Tom Ince, And then they kept getting loads of people sent off as well, which didn't help. Well, now Barry Ferguson's player manager, I'm sure that's calmed down. I love the idea of a player manager. Why don't we get a player manager? I mean, all bets are off. Massimo can just do who's, what he likes. Who should we have? Andrea Tabanelli. Cellino. Cellino was player manager. <laughs> uh, what do whoscored.com say about uh, Forrest? It wasn't worth looking because they've just changed manager. So I'd, fuck knows what Gary Brazil does. But it's he's looking after them now. Pardon me? <laughs> yeah, it says they're, they're very good at crossing picket lines. <laughs> Not very good at sticking together. Um, does it ask who let the miners down? No, but it does answer that um, it was the Nottingham Scabs. The Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight. This being our roughly fortnightly award for somebody who has brought pain and misery into our world, into our existence as Leeds United fans. First nominee, as is custom, Kenneth Bates himself. What's Kenneth having his nomination for today? Is it going to be for the gradient screen on Radio Yorkshire's YouTube channel? The vertical text... Or something more serious. I was going to say, do you just want me to play another little bit of that? And no. Then for being back, essentially. I mean, it was all right coming back, opening up his little radio station above a shop. That's quite sweet. You know, he's got his little hobby, CB radio. It's all right, a radio, a radio ham, if you will. But then one, actually going live with the thing. Then three, I've missed out two, but four... Um, <laughs> appearing not only i mean when ben fry used to do it at least it, it was audio only wasn't it yeah. well there was occasionally that it started going on lutv but we didn't have to see ben did we ever see ben it was just focused on 
Ken's face mask. We just heard his disembodied voice, didn't we? Anyway. um, Ben in a jar. Contributors to the square ball, Adam Jubb, watched that video in high definition, streamed to his brand new 46-inch or whatever Sony flat-screen television in his bedroom. If you want the definite facts, nominating villain of the fortnight, can we nominate Adam for being a sick fuck? (laughs) Did he have a lady in there? I can imagine it'd help... Keep the wolf from the door, 50. having Ken's face on a <laughs> fifty-two and a forty-six. And just have a glance around. Oh no, fine. Got another couple of minutes. Yep, <laughs> the greatest contraception invented by man. Uh, we haven't so even. Uh, what, what's Ken having his nomination for? Um, for uh, being the greatest ah. contraception invented by man. <laughs> Think of all those lives that have gone unborn because of Ken Bates having that face. The new Nelson Mandela, another Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> We could have had lots of wonderful people born if only Ken Bates had stayed off of the telly. It's not like it's been a quiet fortnight, so come on, let's pile on the nominations. I'd like to nominate David Haig. Seconded. For being a son of a bitch. A (laughs) witch. Dangerous. A fucking devil. Chilino's words, not yours. (laughs) A bad man. Chilino's words. Um, He's sick in the head. Is he? (coughs) Who who says that? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But Massimo Chilino says that. I'm being a big grinning buffoon. That your opinion? Yes. <laughs> fair comment, that. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, a, there's, there's probably a fair Oh, and comment. we can nominate him as well for um, having lawyers send letters to um, the United bloggers for writing nasty things about him. Not even that nasty, really. No, reporting things which are seemingly quite publicly available. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want people knowing things. <laughs> don't let people know about the things that happened. I think we should not talk about this because <laughs> we will get sued to fuck. Yes. Let's do that. Let's move on. Who else would you like to nominate besides David Haig? Melas. Melas, yes. Better known as Paddy Kenny number one. Better known as... We did scan over that, know. but he, he was asking questions on there about how to run the club, partly. Um, and then also saying things like, well, GFH have put in loads of their own money, actually. Um, uh, you know, I think I think people need to be more pleased with their ownership. They're doing a great yeah. job. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things like, well, I mean, maybe you haven't heard about all the good things that GFH have been doing, but once you find out about them, I'm sure you'll agree with me that they're doing a great job. <laughs> what do you, you guys ask, think? How do fellow Wackawas feel yeah. about season ticket prices? Yes. Do you remember when he was talking about McDermott getting sacked? My wife found out about it on Twitter. Yeah. You're never off Twitter. He's probably one. Of, he's probably got six banks of screens, like a Bond villain. Like a Bond villain, except he's not very good at it, Melas. Indeed, so he's uh, nominated for his stupidity and also in picking his, usernames. His claims about GFH having invested money, and they were, they were public as well. Their interpretation of investment seems to be a loan with interest, which isn't really the same as mm. an. Inv- like I don't consider the bank to have invested in my house. They've agreed to loan me a sum of money. Yes. It's an investment from their point of view, which they're hoping to profit from. Yes, exactly. Yes, but it's, it's, not, not, it's not an investment in the football club, really. Yes, it's not really what he was presenting it as. No. No. I believe somebody like Massimo Cellino might, for example, regard that as the behaviour of an evil snake. <laughs> I wouldn't possibly like to comment on, on that, but apparently there are a bunch of evil snakes there. Under the East Stand, as we know, <laughs> Under yes. the East Stand. Because the museum never did get built. Do you think there's just... Oh, no, we don't open that door. <laughs> they say, well, what's that hissing sound? <laughs> don't worry, nothing. That's the gas on. Yeah. <laughs> Any other nominees? I think we need to nominate, again, to quote uh, Massimo, uh, the shit-fucking team. 
<laughs> shit team. You got to shit the worst team I ever saw in my life. The football Leeds United football team. Yes. Does McCormack still escape? He missed that penalty. Yeah. He's missed several penalties. I'm going to tell his wife. I think given given the 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 crimes, and when I say crimes, I mean in inverted commas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that have gone on in the last couple of weeks. I think Ross missing a penalty is possibly a little bit harsh on Ross. However, if you're insisting, but I'm, I think he, he can go in. Collective responsibility. The well, he's right. captain of the bloody team. Yeah, he can go in. Yeah, he's got to go down with his ship. No, I think, yeah. he, does he not deserve a separate nomination? Yes. Arguably. Brian McDermott, because these conversations he's having with his players, he needs to step them the fuck up. Apparently he has. Apparently that was the message from Watford, is that what he's been doing... I've been out there, I've been defending all you lot. I can't defend you anymore. So now they're on their own, so... Neither um, can they. No, <laughs> exactly. That was good. That was a, like a proper football joke. We're getting there. <laughs> it's, it's only uh, taken us 77 attempts. <laughs> Is Mark Lawrenson in the room? Oh, look, listen, we've got such a, a, a who's who there that there's no point in coming up with more bollocks, tenuous nominations. I want to nominate Massimo Cellino. Okay, why? We may as well just get it out of the way now. He's, he's going to end up on this list eventually. Oh no, I do want to nominate him because we didn't uh, we didn't cover this before. I want to nominate him for uh, his interview on Sunday, the day after he was confirmed as having won his appeal, when he said, um, "There is only one place in my heart for one club, and that is Leeds. When I get the right offer." I will sell Cagliari. Noble words on Sunday, just what everybody in Leeds wanted to hear. And um, in another interview on Sunday, he was asked, would it be possible for you to own two clubs? And he says, with my way of doing things, with feeling and maximum commitment, no. And if you were to ask me who I would choose between Cagliari and Leeds, Cagliari, I answer all my life. (laughs) So for that kind of shit, I'm going to just say, you know, Cellino, thank you for paying the tax. Thank you for getting rid of Gulf Finance House. Thank you for hitting all those evil snakes with sticks. Thank you for not doing due diligence that might have frightened you away. But don't act like we're stupid. So, who's winning? David Haig. Let's say David Haig and let's see if his lawyer sends a letter saying he wants it revoked. <laughs> yes. He loves his awards, does David, doesn't he? He'll probably, he'll probably end up on his website. He's, I say the dickhead will probably put it on his website. Like he put Moscow's video of him... Yeah. Uh, doing nothing doing nothing at a press conference <laughs> did we mention that last time no you should explain that the, um, because if you remember the press conference when Brian McDermott was unveiled they had uh, Sean Harvey was there Brian McDermott was obviously there Selim Patel I think was there and David Haig was there and David Haig said one thing and he hadn't charged his batteries fully had he <laughs> he just he's, he was asked one question and he said some load of rubbish that was just like yes uh, Brian uh, has every, all the uh, rights potential fulfilment that we're looking for um exciting going forward and then he just like stopped and just stared into the distance until everybody in the room realized oh he's finished speaking and the camera moved on and i took that and i because i'm a very witty man he had a syntax error didn't he? i uh i made a, a i looped that little scene and set it to the sound of uh, enjoy the silence by depeche mode and put it out on YouTube for everybody to enjoy, including at the time um, David Haig, who, because um, he was pretending to be everybody's mate, tweeted me and went, ah, ha, ha, very funny, lads. Which, really, he must have been crying and dying inside because it was some of the most vicious satire. Um, but I didn't expect, although I knew he knew about it, I didn't expect to I go imagine on... imagine you had to exp- have it explained to him that it was a joke. Whoever... You have to explain the title as well, because that's what he's picked up on 
and put it on his website. So under press on davidhaig.co.uk, you have him winning being winning lawyer of the year in Bahrain and all these positive press reports in the Yorkshire Evening Post, and then you have David Haig, staff Be- employer of the week. <laughs> because I put the caption of um, David Haig's valuable contribution to the Brian McDermott press conference, and that's the caption that they copied and pasted underneath the link to it on his website. It's gone now because presumably whichever idiots are running his website. Hello, if you're listening. Um, Possibly the second PR company. Yeah. <laughs> Cotton Don. He's got that much to. He's got that much to smooth over. He has to have one to want to do a first draft. The other goes up. Another goes over it the second time. <laughs> yeah. Any other business? We've got a magazine that's out at the weekend. Issue nine of ten of the season of the Square Ball. It's going to be on sale against Blackpool. It's going to be good, I presume. It'll be over <laughs> soon. Don't worry. <laughs> it's going to be good. We were going to have an interview, an exclusive <laughs> interview, with Vinnie Jones that was going to be provided to us by a high-quality local sports broadcaster. However... Who listens to this podcast. <laughs> however, the high-quality sports <laughs> broadcaster in question... Nobody's on fucking holiday. ...has gone once. on holiday. Um, however, that's not a problem because you've read a million interviews with Vinnie Jones and he basically just says you can, the same and you can thing. Read it, and you can read it in the next issue anyway. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I fucking love that Leeds got a tattoo. Yada, yada, boring, boring. What you want is you want an interview with Dylan Kerr, a 120 games for Leeds United reserves <laughs> um, but nonetheless um, he was there at the same time as Vinny they were good mates still are yes so Dylan not uh, quite Dylan. Vinny, Vinny said and he's not sure he is <laughs> it's good you'll, re- you'll recognise Dylan Kerr if you ever watched the race for the title videos or the the championship video from 1992 because he's, he's the, the guy on. yeah he's the guy you don't see at all until the trophy's lifted and then suddenly <laughs> he's there Eric Cantona hands it to him and in fact Eric Cantona was his roommate so you see that kind of information and we hear about the debut of Eric Cantona in the reserves before he'd formally signed and uh it's worth a read. Red Explosive. Hot Reserves. Wow, what Reserves news. <laughs> Red Hot Reserves from 1992. <laughs> Whatever happened to that uh, Eric guy? Um, Mike Whitlow is recovering from his injury. <laughs> stuff like that. That's what you're going to get. Heart-hitting shit. <laughs> there's, um, there's loads of other good stuff. There's lots of things about Cholino. We, we managed to get some of that in there. You never shared a room with uh, Simon Grayson at any time, did you? <laughs> but it's, listen, it's going to be good. It's going to be on sale on Saturday v Blackpool, external corners of Ellen Road. And uh, you can get it at thesquareball.net on the website. The cover's lovely. Just saying. In the meantime, get in touch with us. Podcast at thesquareball.net. Tweet at thesquareball. Find us on Facebook. We'll be back in a bit. Another fortnight or more closer to the end of this pitiful, pitiful season of football at Ellen Road. So uh, thank you for listening. You've you've made it this far. Congratulations to you and Tara for now from me. And Michael. We should start trying to make these the length of a game so you can listen to it during the match. <laughs> this one will be. That's all right. <laughs> if, it's yeah. now Friday. You, want, you might want to preempt, put a little bit at the start just saying, this is we've made this the length of a football match. Feel free to listen to it rather than to take your mind off the game. Yeah, yeah. good idea. There's anyway. not many games left, it's all right. I suppose. Say bye, Michael. See ya. Oh, uh, Moscow, short turn, isn't it? Third, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Oh, just bye or whatever. Ciao. I'll do you if you're still with us. Scumbags! Yeah. See you in a bit. Bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.